Welcome to Adderall and Green Juice. I'm Ashley Diana. I'm Alex King. He's a marketing expert, tech nerd, and can fix just about anything. She's a lifestyle blogger, health and wellness expert, and a success coach for women. These are unapologetic, unfiltered, adult-only conversations about making money, getting healthier, feeling sexier, and being happier. Do you believe it's possible to have fulfillment in every area of your life? We do, and in this show, we're going to show you how. Hey, love, welcome back to Adderall and Green Juice. It is just me here with you today. And I just was feeling very like called and inspired to talk about birth (laughs) because as I'm recording this, this is the last day of the year, December 31st, and Lily just turned three this month. So it's Lily's birth month. And of course, I've just had pregnancy and birth and all of that on the brain I was speaking to a girlfriend of mine. Her name's Anna, Colorful Foodie, if you follow her on Instagram. She and I had her, we had our babies at like the same time. (laughs) Not planned. I sent her a picture one day a few years ago, and it was of my ultrasound, my ultrasound picture. And instead of getting a, oh my goodness, that's so great back, she sent me an ultrasound picture back. And my jaw just dropped to the floor. And I thought, this this can't be real. How are we having a baby at the exact same time? <laughs> so anyway, we've just been, been talking and my mind's just been churning about birth. And I haven't really talked about it very much. I had I have some a few really great blog posts on the, on the blog about birth and what I took to the hospital. And I have, you know, a couple topics on breastfeeding on the blog. But it hasn't been something that I've talked about on the podcast too much. I, I Right after I had Lily, I thought you know, maybe I'll do a a blog post about what it's actually like after giving birth, (laughs) you know, what the truth is. And I remember telling my mom about it and she was like, no, I don't think I would talk about that, which I think is actually an issue because I, I do believe that you see, especially on Instagram and social media, so many people talk about how birth is so amazing and they're so happy being a mom right after, you know, and all those wonderful fuzzy feelings. But the truth is, and it's not this this case, it's not the same case in everyone, but a lot of women that I talk to who have had, you know, a birth in a hospital, they've had a C-section or they've had, um, you, you know, it just maybe hasn't been the most perfect interrupted birth. There's some shit that goes on after you give birth, especially with your body. And people don't talk about it too, too much. And I think there is a movement where people are starting to talk about it a little bit more. But even me, like I didn't feel super comfortable talking about it right after I had Lily. I almost felt like it was, I don't know, I just didn't feel like it was the maybe not the right thing to do. But the truth is when I was pregnant, I was so I was scared about giving birth, but I was even more scared about like the aftermath. Like what happens after? Like what's your body like? What's your vagina like? What's all, you know, all these different things. And I remember asking my friends like, what was it exactly like? And what happened like step by step? And then what happened after you gave birth? Like, you know, down to like what kind of like underwear did you have to wear? Because 
that those are the things that are hard to find on you know blogs or social media you just see these pictures of girls that look perfect right after giving birth and they have full makeup on and their hair done and they're holding their you know baby and it's like oh well is it that easy and I believe that it can be but I think that that's not unfortunately it's not the norm um what what I wanted to say first is that if you're listening to this podcast and I'd like you to listen to it with an open mind, number one. And number two, if you're under 18, turn it off and ask your parents if you can listen to it. Because I wouldn't, we're going to, I'm just going to flow and say the things that are like on my mind with pregnancy and birth. But I want to like, just to say that before we really get started, that this is definitely like an adult podcast or for someone that has had a baby or is thinking about having a baby this is for you. And this is just my truth and what I've been thinking and feeling. But um, just to let you know, if you're underage, turn it off. So I'll go back to, well, this month, I I love this um, woman. Her name's Kim Anami. And she has a really cool podcast. And I just love her Instagram. I'll leave her info in the show notes. <clears throat> so I was driving a couple weeks ago and I happened to see I had the like I clicked over to podcast in my car to listen to a podcast and her podcast popped up and it said free birth and I was like of course I'm in this like kind of baby birthing moment because it's December and I'm like wonder what this is and I clicked to it and it was um like a hour and a half something two hour podcast and I listened to the stuff to the first couple minutes of it, and I was just hooked. I was like, what is free birth, right? Have, have you ever heard of free birth? I hadn't heard of free birth. So I was just like, I want to know what this is. Like, this is something I have no awareness around. So I listened to it. And long story short, I'll also put the information so you can listen to the podcast yourself, because I'm not an expert in that area. But I was super intrigued by it and really inspired. I have to tell you, I cried probably five times. And I, I took me a, a few days to listen to the whole podcast. I definitely just had tears and it was just so moving and powerful. But free birth is, mm, I don't know if it would be right for me to say it's a movement, but free birth is basically a birth that's interrupted. It's a birth that you have. It's not in a hospital. It's in a place where you feel safe. Often it's at your home and it's just with like you and your family. Like a tri- like a true free birth is where you actually wouldn't have a midwife or or a doula with you. It's like just the family. But some people still consider like a free birth, you know, if they have someone that's a little more, maybe an outside member of the family, or some people would still somewhat consider a free birth if you had like a doula or midwife. But typically it's when it's just you and the family. And I was like, oh my gosh. Because for me, like, a few years ago, when people asked me, are you going to have, you know, your baby at home or in the hospital? Are you going to have an epidural? And I was like, oh, no, I'm definitely having it in the hospital. Like that crazy people have babies at home. You know, I just I believe my belief was that it was unsafe to have a baby at home and that it was my belief was that it's safe to have a baby in the hospital because you just never know what can happen. Like and again, what I what you whatever you believe is true. So if you believe that it's safer to be one place than another with anything in your life, then you're right. It's kind of like whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. The same thing goes. Anything we believe is true. It comes true because that's what we attract and that's what um, 
we have happen to us. So I totally had the belief that it was unsafe to have a baby at home. Uh, it was only safe to have baby in the hospital. I really didn't even know any better. Now, I did think that having a doula or a midwife was interesting, but I actually just couldn't afford it at all. I looked up uh, a few doulas and midwives and it just wasn't an option for me. Um, there's a book that I absolutely love and I'll also put that in the show notes. So it'll be a lot of links in the show notes for you this time. And it's called The Mindful Mom to Be by Lori Bregman. It is so amazing. I read the whole book on a plane one day and it was awesome. A friend recommended it to me and I'm so happy she did. And uh, Lori's amazing. She's a, a midwife or doula in, um, in California and works with a lot of, a lot of women, but I think like high profile pregnancies um, with celebrities and such, but she's awesome and she's so sweet. Her Instagram's great, but her book really helped me um, get through my pregnancy and kind of think differently. And it just made me feel really supported, even just through her words in her book. But yeah, so this podcast was about free birth and how, and it was just taking, I, I, the the story was like the journey of how women used to, like free birth was something that, because let's put it this way, women innately know how to have a baby because we're part of the animal kingdom. Like animals know how to have a baby. Like women know how to have a baby. It Even if you don't know, like you know, like it comes over you and you know what to do to have and take care of your baby. So the podcast was just sharing how we got away from that, like truly having free birth because there wasn't anything different. How we went from that to um, midwifery, having midwives and doulas, and how birthing got brought into the hospitals. And I guess I would say, like, I don't know roughly the date, like it was in the podcast, I don't remember, but roughly in the early 1900s-ish is when birth was brought into the hospitals as a way to really boost the income and the revenue of the hospitals. It makes sense. It totally, it totally makes sense. And again, I want to, rec- I mean, encourage you to listen to the podcast if it's intriguing to you. But like most things, it's a money generator. And for me, I was like, oh my goodness, that's so interesting. And the phrase that they kept using was like, free birth is about having a birth that's not interrupted. And I thought back to myself, I thought, oh my gosh, like how many times, and I didn't realize at the time, because I thought I, I, number one, I loved being pregnant. I absolutely loved it. Like I'm one of those people that could be pregnant forever. And I'm just like, I love being pregnant. It's great. And I never thought it would be that way. Because number one, I, I never wanted to be like, be pregnant, have a baby. I just, it was not something that intrigued me really. And then surprise, I got pregnant. And then it was like, this is magical. So I love being pregnant. I didn't know any different than going to my doctor. I went to all the, I had like a lot of high risk um, appointments because I had this like autoimmune disorder. And I thought that my birth, even though my birth was challenging, I kind of thought, well, that's just how it is. Like they're all challenging. They all have stuff that go along with them. Until I realized that, wait, like, that's actually not natural. Anything that is, like, interrupted in your, like, pregnancy and birth is not natural. Now, of course, we think of, like, oh, of course, an epidural is not natural. But even down to, like, the little things. Like, for example, when I, 
I went in on, it was probably my thir- was 39th week, 38th week, something like that. I went into the, it was a couple weeks before the due date. And my doctor, and again, I, I loved my doctor too. So I'm not, when I'm saying this, I'm not bad mouthing my doctor necessarily. It was just, it is what it is. I thought she was amazing and wonderful. And girlfriend, she got me through the birth and without having to do a C-section and so grateful and wonderful and for that. And she let me push for a really long time. I mean, thank the Lord. She was great. But again, it's just what they're taught as well. And it's what they've seen in their experience to be the most helpful for whatever reason. So I remember a couple weeks before my due date, I was having my exam and I, I was, she did what's called like sweeping your membranes. Oh, even to think about it, I thought I was going to die. Like it was more, it was just as painful as like the crazy contractions that I had. Maybe even more because it was just so sharp and alarming. But sweeping your membranes is where they like sweep your cervix at the very top and it basically starts to open your cervix. I thought, well, number one, I didn't know that that was about to happen. She didn't tell me. All of a sudden, I'm literally losing my mind in the, I'm literally cussing out my gynecologist going, what the fuck? Like in the, in the doctor's office. I couldn't help it. It was just a reaction because it was so painful. Like it was insane. And um, anyways, but it, it, it's a way to like start getting your cervix um, opening for birth. But let's think about it, people. That Nothing about that is natural. The human body and the, the woman's body even if it's later, even if it goes past 40 weeks, like the woman's body will start to open and the birth will happen. It's not, birth is not going to not happen. You're not going to be 50 weeks pregnant. And it's like, well, I wish I would have swept my membranes. Like, no, that doesn't happen. So swept my membranes. I didn't know anything different. I, you know, it, it hurt for a little bit and then it kind of went away. But even thinking back, like that was probably one of the first times like the birth was interrupted because that wasn't natural. Like my body clearly wasn't ready to start opening up to have a baby yet, but yet something went inside of me to open me up to start having a baby. So that's number one. And it was just a big eye-opening thing for me to even think about, oh my gosh, that was part of my pregnancy journey and birth being massively interrupted. And that's anything that goes against what's natural in our, in our bodies, whether it's our health and wellness, our mindset, anything that is like imposed into the natural way of doing things is, is messing up the cycle of life. It just is. It's not the way things are supposed to be. So move forward to, I'm, I go to the doctor, actually on, on my 40, it was a 40 week. It was Lily's due date was the last, was my like last checkup. And I went to the doctor and I, I'm almost positive she did a little tiny sweeping of the membranes and it didn't really, it didn't hurt as much, but she did say like, you're barely, like, I was like barely dilated, like maybe not, I think she swept my membranes again and it was like, you're like half, half a centimeter. And then I stood up and my water broke. Again, I, I thought, well, this is cool. Like, wow, my water broke on Lily's due date. And I know that's what the doctor was wanting to do was like, okay, well, her due date's here. Let's get go ahead and get this baby out. And at the time, I was super 
grateful. I'm like, okay, great. How cool is this? Like, it's totally like when it's meant to be. It's her due date. But the truth is, it wasn't what was meant to be. Lily was actually like, if things were to go natural, would have probably been born probably sometime around now, like, you know, just later in December, because my body wasn't naturally just opening up to have a baby. So we go to the hospital. The, um, the doctor had said, well, you'll probably, ha this was like, I don't know, six, seven o'clock. No, it's probably five or six. And she said, you'll probably have the baby at like 3 a.m. Well, she did know that I wanted to have the baby, you know, natural. I wanted, to, well, natural as in I would prefer to have not had a C-section because I, um, my mom had me naturally. She actually didn't have, my mom had me in the hospital, but she did not have any sort of medication at all which I thought was really awesome and amazing. And for me, I wanted to have the baby vaginally if possible because I knew that the natural healthy bacteria and um, that that the baby gets on its skin from going through the birth canal is very important, like for their immunity, if possible. So I did want to do that. And the doctor did know that, but I wasn't sure about a epidural. I was, I didn't even know. I mean, I just was like, well, I'd like to not have an epidural as long as possible, but I just didn't know how it all worked truthfully. So I get to the hospital. I didn't want the Pitocin, like the, the, the pill that just, you know, I guess it opens up your cervix and boosts your pregnancy, boosts your birthing like quicker. So they didn't give me Pitocin, but I remember getting there and when this kind of sterile type room and it's my mom and I and Shane, and they give me like a little tiny pill to put under my tongue. I didn't even know what it was. I didn't even ask. I just knew that like the doctor, did, the, the nurse did say it's not Pitocin. It's something that the doctor wanted you to have just to help things along. And I'm like, okay, like I, my mindset isn't even, again, my, my belief was that the doctors are the safest. It's the safest thing to have a, a baby in the hospital. Like anything else is not safe. So for me, I was like, okay, well, whatever the doctor says is clearly the safest thing for me to do. I don't even know what th this is. But now looking back again, like I don't even know what it was exactly, but it again, that's not natural. Like my, they checked my cervix when we got to the hospital and I was still barely even a one. Now, mind you, my membranes had been swept two or three times. It still wasn't opening. Like Lil Lily was just like, no, I want to hang out in here longer. <laughs> and my cervix and my, all my lady parts were like, no, we kind of want to like hang out a little longer. We're not ready. So again, it's just think back to if you've had a baby before, or if you're thinking about having a baby, like these are just things to think about. And it's just things to like be more aware of and open up your mind because, hey, this may go in one ear and out the other, or you may hear it and go, oh, you know what, maybe this is something I'd like to look into. I don't know. I don't know what you need. I don't know what you're going through. But I, I do, what, one thing I do believe is that it's just very important to always open up our awareness. So for, for me, there was definitely multiple times like during the birth, um, I think it, it just, there were just multiple times things were interrupted. And anytime things are interrupted, your body and especially with with birth because it's such a natural and it should be such a natural and spiritual process and awakening anytime things are interrupted it's just going to get it off track and things are not going to go as smoothly so I had that little pill whatever it was I started going into contractions and then gosh probably still by 3 a.m this was seven eight hours of just massive 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 contractions I thought well 
you know, because the doctor had said, you'll probably have the baby around three. I thought, well, I must be getting there. And I had even thought in my mind, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to need an epidural. I mean, this is crazy, insane, painful. Like I started throwing up because it was just so much pain. But I thought maybe I think I can do this. And then when they checked me again, and I was still barely even at a, like, I think I was at a three, my cervix, and you're supposed to get to a 10. I was like, the fuck is going on? And I literally started screaming for an epidural. I was just like, because, but again, like at the time I thought I have to have an epidural. Like I can't go through 10 or 12 more hours of this because I can't heart. I, I, I honestly felt like I was passing out and I was, my eyes were kind of rolling back in my head. like, this is crazy. But I, I totally believe that like learning from this free birth podcast that I don't believe it would have been that way if my body would have just opened up naturally. Now, I don't know what would have happened, but I do believe that it, I believe that my cervix would have opened faster and quicker, more naturally when it was actually ready to, because basically it was forced to start opening when it, it was like, Hey, we're not ready yet. Like, I don't care if your due date's on December 5th, like we're, we're still hanging out in here. Um, and that was, it was just really interesting. To, to think back of all the times it was interrupted. So I just wanted to share that with you. I also wanted to share, you know, what are some of the things that I, looking back on my pregnancy, because again, I love, love the pregnancy. Like, what would I keep the same and what would I do different? And the things that I would keep the same would be my essential oils. Obsessed with them while I was pregnant. I loved them before, but I really loved them even more when I when I was pregnant. I used to rub. Um, now coconut oil didn't work very well for me for my skin. Like my skin needed something even more moisturizing when I was pregnant because your skin can get a lot more dry. I used jojoba oil and almond oil. I kind of alternated those or sometimes mixed them together. I loved those to like rub all over my body and my belly, and. I used lavender. Lavender is really helpful with like stretch marks, also with frankincense, but I would rub oil all over my tummy and then I would drop lavender essential oil, frankincense, brain power, which is a really, really awesome blend. Um, And I just did that for Lily. So she'd have lots of brain power. And I also love the way it smelled. And the other oil I used a lot of, I also rubbed on my tummy uh, for Lily was inner child. I love brain power and inner child. And I just used to rub those four on my tummy and just let all those just like soak into my body and my mind. I absolutely loved them. So I would totally 100% keep up the essential oils. The other thing I would do is it's interesting how when I was pregnant, I forced myself to relax more and I forced myself to relax my brain and focus more on self-care. That's something that I would totally keep the same because I knew that for the health of my baby that I had to chillax a little bit. (laughs) I'm someone that go, go, goes a lot and really just chillaxing my mind and meditating. I love, I've listened to it for forever. It's the guided meditation from the secret. It's like a classic (laughs) meditation. I remember listening to that a lot um, when I was pregnant. And some things that I would, here's the interesting thing with essential oils. I loved them while I was pregnant. And so I wrote this blog post and I'll link it to like all the things I'm taking to the hospital. What's in my hospital bag? (laughs) Some of them I'd use and some of them I was like, no, I definitely didn't use that. But one of the things like I remember bringing my diffuser and lavender 
into the room like while I was having my contractions and I was like turn it off like it was weird like smells just bothered me I did not want I thought I was going to be using all my oils all over me and all this stuff and I was like nope get them away (laughs) don't want them at all so that was kind of interesting and funny but um I had them there just in case I would actually use them more after like once I was in the um like post-pregnancy or post- birthing room, um, the mother suite, I would have more oils there and I probably would have diffused some for Lily, but it just wasn't on my mind at the time, but I would definitely do that a little more. As far as things that I would change or I would do differently is girlfriend, you got that do lots of kegels. I call them kegels. I don't know if they're kegels or kegels, but because your vagina is totally different after you have a baby. You can just feel like your muscles have like sort of, well, especially, I mean, it depends. Like if you, if you, everyone's a little different, but for people that I've talked to that have had like a vaginal birth and maybe have like been in the delivery room for a while, your, your vagina muscles for sure are like, Hmm, we feel a little different now. So I did kegels some, but I would totally recommend do them like all day long. Do them like if if you're even planning, if you're not even pregnant yet and you're thinking I'd like to have a baby soon, get yourself in the routine of doing kegels right now. I have a blog post about them. I did a blog post with, I did a collaboration with the woman, she's amazing, um, Christina Blunt, who taught one of the prenatal yoga classes and we we talked about kegels and prenatal yoga and such in a blog post and I'll link that too but I would just do them way more and I would also recommend doing them a lot more after as well (laughs) after the um after you have the baby once you're safe to do so but definitely would have done more kegels I actually would have meditated a little more and worked more like with the law of attraction and manifesting type of meditations, I would have done that. I did yoga, but I would have done a lot more. Again, I think like toning your body and I don't mean toning in a sense like that, but like keeping your muscles toned, like relaxing your mind, doing prenatal yoga, totally 100%. I would have done that more. I would have done, I think I only did one, but pre prenatal massage, I would have done it, at least one every month because your back and your feet and your shoulders just for like the health of you but also like your baby that relaxing your mind and putting them your your little baby in your belly into relaxated state that's what I would totally recommend but oh and another thing is that no let me go to this first so a couple other things I would keep the same I'm kind of jumping around because there's just so much to talk about but What I would also keep the same as far as during the birth and pregnancy, the two things that I use the most that I didn't even know if I would use is, well, three things. I used an, the exercise ball because I sat on that exercise ball and just rolled my hips around while I was going through contractions. It was the only thing. I just had to kind of keep moving and keep pushing through. And I kind of counted the hip movements as I was going through like the massive contractions. Get an exercise ball. And the other thing, your mouth gets really dry. So I had these little 
healthy lollipops called Zollipops, and they were the best. It was like having that little bit of taste in my mouth, and then also on the exercise ball just helped me like just focus on something else. I was like, okay, you got this. You can get through this. Like, just wait a second till the next contraction comes. And those were the two things that I absolutely used the most. And they were incredible. And as far, oh, another thing that was just so upsetting, and it wasn't until later on, but again, it kind of goes back. I think it's very connected and with the free birth conversation is that, Sometimes you just don't know things. And when, when you're unaware, shit can happen. For example, my breast milk completely dried up. And I didn't know that that was really possible. And what I found out that it was from was from birth control. A few months, three months or so after, um, I don't remember, three. I think it was about three months after giving birth, I... My doctor, my the same doctor who birthed Lily, she was like, well, you know, because I hadn't been on birth control because I don't like birth control. I, I mean, it's, again, talk about interrupting your health and your, your life and your female wellness is birth control. And she was like, well, I thought, well, okay, let me do it. Let me get back on birth control. So I got on the NuvaRing. And literally the day I first day that I used it, I noticed that my breast milk, I was like, Seems like I'm having a little trouble. By the end of that week, I basically couldn't get any breast milk out. I was, I had already like, no, I don't know if I had, I had, I started supplementing with a little bit of formula because I was, it just was starting to go away. And I was like, this is so strange. I started pumping. I, I would use the breast pump for like two hours and just a barely a little tiny bit would come out. And it was just so distraught. I was crying. I was thinking, what, what am I doing wrong? How am I, how is this not happening? How is my body not working? I had called a breastfeeding specialist and she, I told her what was going on. I said, I've done this. I've done that. I'm, I'm doing the pump. I started taking birth control. Do you think that would have anything to do with it? And she was like, no, I've never heard of that before. I would have never. And I was like, okay. And I guess my gut feeling was like, maybe it is connected just because it's just something different. So I finally called another breastfeeding consultant who who had been in the industry for 30, 40 years. I told her what was going on. And then I finally said, and also like I started taking birth control and I didn't know if that had something to do with it. She goes, yes, 100%. That is what caused your breast milk to dry up. And, and it does, it kills your, your breast. She said in one out of eight women, birth control absolutely kills the milk supply. And I just, and I said, well, I've stopped taking it. Okay, come back. And she was like, and it doesn't come back. She's like, it, it, it completely shuts off the milk supply due to like the hormones again, again, in one out of eight women. And, and she's like, I'm so sorry, there's nothing that can be done about it. So I had a moment and I was like, I can't believe this. Like, what have I done? And she, you know, shared with me like the next best options, basically. And I wrote a blog post about that. But for me, I'm like, how is this not like breaking fucking news? Because I, I I felt like people should be screaming it from the rooftops. Hello. And especially doctors. I'm like, if one out of eight women, and I would bet that it's more than that, because I just think of all the women who have 
breastfeeding challenges, like that is not normal. It's not normal. And I know that it happens and it's super unfortunate. It happened to me, but our bodies like know how to do this. Our bodies know how to have babies. Like our bodies know how to breastfeed. And, and I just think there's so many outside influences that cause, um, our bodies not to respond the way that they should. And again, that's a whole nother topic. I mean, there's so many things, not just from interruption, but also just from the toxins and what we fill our mind with. I mean, there's lots of different things, but I, I was appalled that I, no one told me and I had never heard about this before. And I've had women reach out to me uh, after I published the, the blog post about, you know, my breastfeeding experience. They were like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you shared this. I would have had no idea. Now I'm not going to take birth control right after having a baby. So it's so important to know these things, but yet they're not, they're not breaking news. I mean, I think that the, the free birth episode on Kim and Ami's podcast should be breaking news. <laughs> it's amazing. And again, it, anything that opens up your mind and makes you more aware is so important. Now take from it what you will. Um, sometimes it's like, well, maybe that whole thing doesn't work for me, but maybe I can take a couple bits and pieces. Like for me, I don't know if I, number one, I don't know if I'll have another baby, but I'm thinking about it. I'm considering it. And probably because why that, why that podcast stood out to me and I found it intriguing. I don't know if I would, I don't believe I would have a baby in a hospital again. I don't think I could because my aware, I like, I am more aware now. And I, I mean, my mom, had, even my mom was in a hospital, my mom had a baby 100% natural, no medication, no nothing. Alex's mom had six babies at home. There's so many women I know that have had babies at home. And I believe in the power of our human bodies. And I definitely massively believe in the power of women. And, uh, you know, on a on another level, like on a spiritual level, women were given the ability to bring life into the world and to birth. And it and it is like a portal into the spiritual world, like women having this spiritual experience. Because if you're having a baby naturally, like even from what I experienced, even though the whole thing wasn't natural, just the leading up to the the birth. Is, is definitely a spiritual experience. And women were given that, the, the ability to create life and having that massive spiritual experience that men can't have. It's just impossible. So to be able to have that freely and uninterrupted is a life-changing experience that I feel like is taken away from most women, even though we don't realize it because we're unaware. And I don't, I don't believe I could have a baby in a hospital again out of, out of my own will, of course. I, I don't think I could go to a hospital and say, yep, yeah, I'm scheduling to have a baby at this hospital and go through this and that. I just, I'm just too aware now. And again, I took from what I've learned, like little bits and pieces that work for me. And yeah, it's just an interesting thought. I was just feeling super called to talk about it and share. And again, take, take from it what you will. Maybe all of it is like, well, I'm glad I heard that, but nope. Definitely not for me. Like, cool, though. Cool. It's good for you. Or maybe it's like, oh, my God, I've got to listen to this. I've got to look more into this. So I'm curious what your your experience is or what your thoughts are um, 
and send me a direct message on Instagram. Let me know. And I will put all these links in the show notes so that you can check out things on my blog, check out Kim's podcast, and just direct you to some really great resources so you can create your own, you know, birth plan or create your own journey with your birth or pregnancy or, um, or maybe you're not going to have any more kids, but maybe you just love learning and becoming more aware. And maybe you could share this with someone that may be on a similar journey. So again, I love you guys. We're about to start a new decade. This is crazy. Amazing. What, what a year. And, um, I love you. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you.